Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Conservation, a laid-back podcast where we discuss everything from cool animals, conservation, the environment, and what we can do to help. I'm Robert Pike, a field journalist for the Global Conservation Force, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Veal, a world-renowned rhino conservationist and president of the Global Conservation Force. Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Conservation. Uh, We have some show notes to wrap up on the last one, but I think we're going to start off with talking about why coffee is relevant. Where are we at? I mean, so Robert, how often do you drink coffee, dude? Every day of my life, man. Every day, like once a day, twice a day? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) That'd be very, that would be like if I was trying to lie to somebody, but like, yeah, I only drink like one cup a day. I, I, I drink uh, probably three or four. This is probably my third one. Okay, so three or four. Yeah, yeah. actually, I'm on the same. I, I uh, made a uh, French press yeah. bucket of coffee this morning. Bucket. Do you remember when I was in Mexico? Remember when yes. You picked me up, and it's. I was like, "Why is my chair wet?" You're like, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I burned you with my coffee. Like, this sea warmer is weird. You're like, "What's wrong with this? It's like humid." And like, I think I burned you with my coffee, dude. You're like, "Whoa!" I didn't tell you all the story. <laughs> you burnt my butt cheeks. I burnt your butt tops. So yeah. So. I guess we should probably talk about where we're at right now. Where are we at, Mike? Uh, we're in Lucadia, and today is the 24th of February, 24. 2021. Uh, putting the play gear behind us, even though we're still in the midst of it. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so coffee is one of the first steps anybody can take to be more eco-conscious uh, and aware, I guess. Um, so many people drink it. It's like a tea, and it's... You know, it's, it's in the alcohol type popularity, you know, caliber. Uh, not that anybody really needs to be reminded of that, but it's an everyday step that you can take in the right direction. For sure. You're, you're voting on uh, people in faraway places and wild spaces that have lots of cool wildlife. Um, a lot of the GCF projects are in coffee countries. Mm-hmm. Um, so many times we've actually been out and visited coffee places yeah. and just straight up the coffee farm and grab the fruit and eat it off the tree. This is literally like if people who are like, how do I get into conservation? This coffee is like the conservation starter pack. Yeah. You know, take your notepad out, get started. All right. So, you know, let's just start with like sustainable land use, uh, polycropping, wait for that thing to go past. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, shade grown coffee and you know, how those farmers use their land with wildlife. Um, you know, it's super important that you're buying fair trade and uh, ethical standard coffee because that boils back into who's behind the coffee. I mean, you can really be funding some destructive stuff. So, like, to, on to that point, though, like, obviously, Starbucks is up there. When you say coffee, it's, like, ubiquitous. But, like, in, like, Folgers and stuff like that, how would that rate in, like, the fair trade? So, there's going to be an actual certification on these coffee, fair trade coffee. Yeah. You know, it might be a little more expensive, but... You're again. You're voting with every dollar. Um, do some research. Where is the coffee that you like coming from? Um, what are the people treated like? Where it's coming from? What are the companies like that are growing it? Five ten minute search on the internet. You'll have a lot of answers. Yeah. I mean, like point in fact. I mean, we're at Coffee Coffee right now, and this coffee is so much better than Starbucks's. Yes. Also, yeah, that comes back to full circle. Okay. Uh, supporting your mom and pop local shops. Yeah. Like you're gonna be supporting smaller, more precise like more ethical operations most of the time 
and you're helping your own backyard. And they a lot of times nowadays, like in this case, they're linked up with another small business that roasts coffee up just a town over. Yeah. And those guys are direct importers. So that's a pretty closed circuit instead of like, you know, the equivalent of like fast food chain with mm-hmm. all these different processing points. Yeah, I think like given the option, I really don't know very many people that would support like the big business over the little guy. You know, yeah, like, unless you, it's just super convenient. Yeah. Yeah. To that point. Yeah, you're right. But everybody roots, everybody likes the, the little guy. You know, everybody roots for the underdog kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I think that's cool. I think there needs to be more small businesses like that or more of a kind of like, hey, you can do it, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> backing your community. Yeah. Back, that's, you know, that's the word I wanted to say, but I didn't say it. I, I was like, let's just make every other, let's make word soup. Just, just go word soup and around it and then maybe Mike will <laughs> yeah. figure out what I'm trying to say. <laughs> just gonna, it's, like, it's like playing like uh, charades, except you don't know anything of what I'm charading and, and like, I'm saying it with words. I'm like, he's, he needs, he needs an, I don't know what he needs. Word charades. He needs water. I yeah. mean, he's he's got gas. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. constipated. What? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, so, I guess the last post on the social page was just a comical review of coffee in Mexico, which yeah. uh, that was just your classic stashed Airbnb stuff. But we did go to uh, the local coffee shop, and their stuff was just on point. Yeah, it was yeah, so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. They roasted it in house. They sourced it in country it was like super good it's pretty legit they didn't have like although like to that to that extent they didn't have like just regular pour over though do you notice everything was like latte or cappuccinos and stuff yeah what is that is is pour over just like an american thing i don't know you know i don't know i, I don't claim to be a true coffee aficionado because i was like i was just like because down there the, the cappuccinos that i had they were really good but i was like yo where's some where's some black coffee yeah i just want it straight to the gut. Yep. What's the what was the Spanish phrase that Mika was saying? <laughs> something verga, something to the dick. <laughs> to the dick. <laughs> I just want black I coffee to the dick. Just coffee to the dick. Right to just the dick. Straight jolt. Um, yeah. So I guess last story you we heard about uh, our adventures. Yep. Uh, just a closing note on that. If you didn't hear episode one, which is our release episode, um, we successfully rescued that endangered Margay. Um, Cites Appendix One for the region and population, which means it's uh, it's it needs some help. Um, yeah, because it was imprinted pretty bad. They were saying. Yeah, that's the other side. So the human imprinting got it to the Invictus Foundation and set up a collaboration uh, communication line between um, the Mexican Wildlife Authorities and the United States Wildlife Authorities and that rescue, so that they can help facilitate more direct involvement. Because, mm-hmm. um, like we mentioned in the last episode. We're game to do these things, but funding is really hard for us a lot of time, and uh, we can't be everywhere all the time. So we'd rather work with trusted partners in that sense and use everybody's expertise to the max. Plus, it's nice to like rely on other people or, or have other people like in your corner, kind of stuff. Like now that we went to Evictus, we're like, oh, guys, listen, Evictus is legit. Like, yeah, you can trust exactly. us, and this way, like you say, it saves us a trip. We don't have to go to Mexico. One of us doesn't have to get hassled by federales. Yeah, Robert um, doesn't have to get these fun stops and harassed yeah. anymore. So, and everybody wins. You know, we we it, the trip was awesome in so many ways. I mean, we developed so many cool partners. We got to save, you know, Margay. We had so many tacos and so many cappuccinos. It was, it was <laughs> yeah. weird. The next ad- podcast is going to be a, a review of tacos and, and cappuccinos. Yeah, dude, we should. <laughs> Although, like, their tacos were tiny. 
That's why they're so good. I guess so. They're like the street ta- street taco style, so you can oh, get like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've one never of really every kind. Had, like, I, well, that was like my like, my official my first like official time in Mexico. I went once before, but it was like like not. It wasn't like that. here we are in the middle of the jungles. It was not like in the hey, coastal regions. Yeah, it wasn't anything like that. It was like, hey, this is kind of like a resort. We're bringing an RV, and you know, here's your TiVo. <laughs> so this is way Let me different. wipe down your remote for you. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we do not have a guest today. Uh, we have lined up a couple guests for the coming shows. They're going to be uh, longtime friends and colleagues in the industry. I'm going to say, like, I'm so nervous that I, because I, I suffer from foot and mouth disease. So, what if, like, you, you know, one of your guys comes in and they're like, yeah, I did this. I'm like, oh, like, and he just does not find me funny because that's, that's been one of my biggest fears. I, probably gonna find that did funny I, dude, I will probably find that did funny. i ever tell you this time we were up in orange county and you know you know jason right yeah Vinny's cousin did i tell you the story about how we were in the indoor gun range do we go into this my he's got a he's got a gun right and one day we're bored he's got he, was, a gun. he was like yeah you want to go to a gun range and shoot you know shoot at targets i'm like yeah dude that sounds awesome and so we were kind of driving we were just kind of gassing each other up and i don't have like that off switch or i don't know when things are supposed to be serious <laughs> And so we get into the gun shop, and this guy's all stern-faced. You could tell he was, like, ex-military. He was, like, pushing 60, 70. And he was like, have you guys ever shot a gun before? I go, yeah, but, like, only up in the air for, like, celebratory gunfire, you know? Like, when, you know, you get, like, a newborn or, like, when your sports team win. And he did not find that funny. He was very not against it. He was against it. <laughs> he was like, no, bro. No. He's he, like, no, we're not doing that. He literally is like, no. <laughs> and he didn't talk to me. That's the time he talked to Jason. Oh. So I'm afraid I'm afraid that's gonna happen. Uh, well, I'm gonna find that pretty funny. I mean, depending on who comes on first and how we edit these, uh, they're all fairly serious, but they do have a sense. Of, I mean, they have a sense of humor. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. I'll have to feel it out. Yeah. So I guess uh, we we mentioned in the last podcast we were gonna talk about your first GCF trip. Yep. Going straight into the jungles of Java and Sumatra. Dude. Uh, two coffee countries, or sorry, two coffee areas, by the way, all in the same country of Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were working on a Java and Rhino and Sumatra and Rhino. It's 2017. Yeah. Program, 2017, right? Yeah. Um, laying out the four plans for ground in a marine unit, doing the tours, some tracking in the jungle, surveillance stuff on like what's there and how they do it yeah. um, I should say more of an audit uh, with the national parks that's a good that's a good word an, an audit because we were basically in there like as uh, represent, no like observers yeah basically. observer consultants yeah, yeah like what are you guys up to um, making refinements and suggestions and yeah. seeing what we could actually do uh, facilitated a bunch of stuff still working on a bunch of stuff not finished with a lot of stuff nope. still there's a lot to do um, we we had we had funders, and then we had funders who actually passed away from COVID. Yeah, uh, who were supposed to be primary funders, which pretty much froze us, but then also COVID froze us too. So, yeah. um, long story on that side. But I mean, like, let's jump right into it. So, we're going from LAX. Yeah, it's 2017. I had just graduated college. I think I graduated in June. In October, you give me a ring, and you're like, "Hey, you know." We really, we really, I really like you as a, you know, what you do. We would love to have you on board. You know, would you be like ready for this introductory, like just throw into conservation? And I'm like, yeah, because I'm nervous. Uh, never really left the country before. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll go to the jungle. And uh, yeah, 
I, uh, okay. So how did I tell you to prep for this? That's Oh my God. Okay. So you told me that, and this is, and I remember I was at my kitchen table and you were like, Hey, just, you know, we're going to be in the jungle for like two weeks. So bring what you would think you would need in the jungle for two weeks. And I brought half of REI with me. I brought a big old backpack with a tent, with sleeping bags, with like uh, repellents. I brought like a bear whistle. I brought like everything I thought I could would need in the jungle. And the worst part was you showed up because we, we, we met at my house and then we, we got a ride to the airport. You showed up to my house and you had like a rolly backpack. I go, dude, what's up? Where's your stuff? And you're like, I'm just going to sleep on the ground. I like, oh, look at the world's biggest goof. And I, and I ended up <laughs> The <laughs> scoop. I didn't use any of it. It was so good. Oh it was my so god! Good. It was so good. So, oh, sorry. Go. Uh, I, I brought my like standard, yeah. you know, sixty liter backpack, and uh, had packed it with all my lightweight patrol gear, equipment, uh, GPS, that kind of stuff, water stuff, all the stuff you would need, you mm-hmm. know, basically. I didn't realize when I told Robert, you know, this is my bad. Like, hey, dude, bring your comforts for two weeks. <laughs> in the jungle and assume they're not going to pack anything which is usually how we roll because you get somewhere and they you go hey you're gonna have this this and this they're like yeah yep. and you get there and you're like where is it and they're like nope and you're like okay cool they're like oh we thought you were kidding about that stuff yeah so i didn't want that to happen to robert on his first trip but you know okay let's set the scene in the jungle i didn't um, know i didn't know that part that makes me feel a little bit better it's like a hundred plus degrees and ninety nine percent humidity. Yeah, ninety nine percent humidity. My and hair. This is when I had long hair. My hair was going out. It was one big dreadlock. Yeah. So you, you had like a manfro. I had a manfro. Um. So we hop on a fifteen hour flight. Yep. And then two panic attacks on the plane. <laughs> I ever tell you that? No. Oh, it's the bath. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. <gasps> You could do it because I, we were in China, right? And they gave us that really bad Chinese food, and oh, I was yes. like, I cannot eat this kind of stuff for two weeks. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm gonna die. <laughs> so I'm having a panic attack because I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm expecting. So and then so we take the flight, and I'm like, Yo, dude, you comfy? Yeah, we got our stuff. Cool, we're on our way. And then I I knock out for like 15 hours straight. Plane doesn't even people aren't even done loading up in the plane, and you're already passed out. I'm like in hibernation mode. You were in, yeah, you literally were like in, you know, like in those alien movies or those space movies. You know how you were like in the deep sleep, like cryogen sleep. You didn't move for 17 hours. The, the hostess was like, "Is he okay?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> to be honest, I mean, I'll take his food, but I don't know. Because that was the first time flying with you, and you're like, "All right, I'll see you in 17 hours." <sighs> yeah, and then uh, see you on the other side. See you on the other side, buddy. Yeah. So. Uh, I think it was like it was a solid day and a half of travel between flights, layovers, all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. So we left at night. We LA. got to Java. We met our contact, and then we had to drive for a long time. Yeah, we were on that ferry too. Oh, sorry. That's right. The first yeah, day. Yeah, the first day we went to that ferry. Me, yes. First day we jump. So we we land in uh, Jakarta, Jakarta and then drive to the. Uh, Western point where we hit this ferry for the Sumatran uh, crossing. Yeah. And uh, where they had that music. We get our SIM cards locally and then we proceeded to be in a local boat rave. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. <laughs> I mean, there was like 10 of us in a space that was maybe like 20 feet by 20 yep. feet and speakers the size of like regular doors at. Yep a hundred percent on and like you could feel your brain rattling yeah so 
and everybody's like, yeah, we're feeling it. So yeah. We're in on this. And, and we then had then, just gotten off the plane. We just got off the plane, super tired. You know, we everyone were, rave. Yeah, everybody was like, let's party. People kept taking photos with us, and I kept walking. I couldn't find a bathroom. Oh, that was the best part. Dude, that part sucked. So, uh, we had eaten at that point. We had water. Robert, you know, it's another thing I didn't know going into it. He, by the way, <laughs> he's he's too shy to ask for a bathroom. I keep looking. I'm like, bro, you gotta go gotta go so the doors wouldn't lock he looks around the entire ship and goes past both bathrooms and then comes back and then i go to check on him because like at this point he's like bladder's gonna burst and he's gotta use the bathroom yeah. and i i he's gone for a while again and i'm like where's robert and then he, he comes back and i use the restroom he's like no i'm like what do you mean no he, <laughs> <laughs> you just like had to go <laughs> the doors wouldn't lock so he gets into uh, he finally goes and gets to the bathroom Ugh. after the kind Indonesian showed him how I to... walked into a mosque, too. Uh, use it. Oh, yeah, you walked into a mosque on the boat because people boat. were praying. It was midday. Yeah. And then still didn't use the restroom. And then you went back twice? Three times? Well, yeah. Okay, so I go in, right? They have, like, a very flimsy lock. And I'm like, I don't feel comfortable with this. And they have an Indonesian toilet. And an Indonesian toilet is basically a... It's a hole with, like, a lid... And a cup of water. And a cup of water. Yeah, use the water to like flush it. And I, I did not prepare to have such a counter shock or culture shock thing. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know about this. And so I finally, I was like, I can't hold it anymore. After like, I went to you, dude. I, you would, we were at the front of the boat. I remember. I don't know what you call the front of the boat, but we're at the front of the boat. We're at the bow. The bow. And you're like, did you go? I go, no. I'm going to go try again. And I would leave. And oh, my God. What is happening? <laughs> yeah, what is happening? I did it like three times. You're like, dude, just go. Like, bro, just commit to the damn just bathroom. Just commit, dude. And I did. And I didn't know how to flush. And so I ran. So. Which was hilarious. And then, then you got stuck in that bathroom. I did. I did. Remember, I came, I came back over. Yeah. And they were, they were all giggling. And they, they had helped you or something like yep, that. Yeah. I think it was right, right when the boat docked, too. So yes. People were leaving. I was leaving. like, where's Robert? And he's... <laughs> In the f- he's stuck in the bathroom. <laughs> Why do I? I just need to stop going to the bathroom. Be <laughs> like, you just got to use the the sides of the ship from now on. Yeah. Um. So then we get off the boat and we're on our way to Wicombus National Park. Yep. And the extremities. And uh, since somebody else is driving, I conk out. Oh, keep in mind, our car is parked on the same ferry boat. We're on the top deck. We go back in. We drive off this ferry. And yeah, Bob. I just call it lights out nights out type thing and then i wake up and it's dark we're in the middle of the jungle and we're walking into this like uh open front house that's got a chicken fryer out front yep and uh we proceed to have our first truly formal indonesian meal in the jungle and uh, i can I, i'm worried about robert because i can see the chicken legs with the feet it had the little feet it had the feet and robert's face is like I'm going to try this, but I'm also screaming inside. I'm panicking. Yeah, mentally there was a lot of alarms, but I was like, play it cool. I didn't realize that I didn't play it as cool, that you could know that I was screaming. Yeah. Uh, I took the little baby chicken by his little baby feet, and I ate it, and it was really good. But, like, the building was lime green. It was, like, was- it was a room with, like, two, ta- two small tables that you had to sit down. Lime green inside. Lime green. Just pink plastic cups. Yeah, was, yeah pink <laughs> A little bowl for washing your hand in the middle of the table. And you eat with your hands. And I remember I told him, I'm like, okay, it's going to be a lot of new things. We're going to be sitting on the ground, shoes off, eating with your hands. You know, you got to eat with the right hand. Make sure we watch them to make sure it's the correct hand. And (laughs) Robert's just in deep. Struggling. I was like, I'm just going to eat the chicken and the rice. And I look over and you're like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, 
Decimated. You just so good. Uh, so that was bomb. And then so good. Uh, that's the night we end up sleeping at that home share. Yep. And that's the first night was, I met Hello Kitty there. No, that yeah, was because remember I had to sleep. They gave me the little girl's bedroom in that house. Oh yeah. That guy, because we had we figured out how to use the toilet that night. Yes. So if you haven't stayed in a home share, families will commonly let guests stay at their house, like an Airbnb. Yeah. And then in this case, the family all moves to one side of the house or one room, and then they still cook dinner and breakfast for you. So I got like a seven-year-old girl's room with Hello Kitty everything. Yeah. And Robert got like a Power Rangers or something. Yeah, I got like, like that. an equally weird room. So. You know, it's pretty awesome. I asked if we could race our car beds, and Robert declined. And <laughs> uh, But we were formerly roommates for the night there. That was fun. Uh, next morning, we woke up to Gibbons. Yeah. You could hear the Gibbons, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, and it was all green and tropical. We went in the national park. We met the Wicomba staff, the Wicomba Rangers, the Sumatran rhinos. We got to see, yeah, I was going to say we got to see that rhino. We passed over a ton of gear and equipment that we had fundraise for set up some plans some more meetings and yeah we we had a good time uh then we met some of the local jungle cats and saw some forest pigs babarusa yeah um actually they're not technically babarusa they're just because they're actually just the forest pigs but they were rare though because i remember we saw them they goes those guys were freaking out yes yes it was super cool um Saw some local monitors, like monitor lizards, mm-hmm. cruising. Um, and uh, we, so we did our surveillance there, and then we had to go back to Wicombus. So we got back on the ferry, drove all the way back. We did, huh? Yeah, we went back on the effing ferry. And, I don't remember that part, though. And then we were pretty exhausted. So And then we had to drive to the western point where uh, Ujong Kalan National Park yeah, is Yeah, we met up with Ashley. And Ashley, yes, and her mom met up with us. That was an adventure, and we went to our contact's house, and... This is where the story turns for the worst for me. This is where it gets me. good. This is what, it's so refreshing to have a story that's not like in my benefit. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not yeah that you don't win at. I'm like really <laughs> excited now that I think about it. Now that I've known you long enough, I'm like you know what? Good for Hello Kitty. Good for Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty <laughs> jacked up Mike's life. <laughs> so we so make funny. plans and we've got a community engagement. We're gonna do a ceremony with the local school. Yep. It's like ages seven through fifteen. Yeah. They do a whole, whole epic ceremony. We get greeted by a cultural drum and music cycle, circle type deal. That we didn't know we were walking into. We did into. not know we were into that, walking into that. And we set up education modules at the school, which is really cool. And our education outreach project coordinator immediately took on to him and started teaching rhino modules for the school remotely. Well, <clears throat> we end up in this meeting, and this is like the fourth time we've eaten that day. <laughs> and they, we sit down, and they're feeding us more food. And like... We literally can barely eat, and they just keep piling more food in the middle of the table. And I'm yeah. like looking at Robert, like I'm worried, I can't eat anymore. Oh, is this and then, the pink charger story? Huh? Is this the pink charger story? It's not. Oh, okay, keep going. Then we go to the classroom. Thank God. Yeah, and yeah. I'm yeah. so full. Yeah. I, I literally can't eat anymore. And at this point, I've talked to her contact four different times, confirming that we don't have to go. Like, you got my stuff. I left my stuff for ease of travel at Hello Kitty. At, well, at his house, which also yeah. had Hello Kitty because of his daughter. Yeah, his daughter. And and he's like, yeah, we're going to come back through. We're going to come back through. We're going to come back through. You asked like three times. Mm-hmm. I remember you asked. He said yes. And you asked again. Yes. And, and he, he confirmed. Paused, and he paused and he confirmed. Yeah. And because the reason I was asking was after this community engagement, we're going straight in the jungle for like solid full week. Yeah. 
So do a presentation for the school. We talk about rhinos. We sign up an MLU to really do all this cool stuff. We and got ceremonial we start right sashes. Um, Robert looks like a flight hostess with his traditional uh, gear from this job and tribe. That and couldn't fit my head. It didn't fit his head, and they were like trying to crush it on his his mandu. <laughs> and so I'm just chuckling. And also, like, keep in mind, like. I'm like the same height as all these Indonesians and Robert yeah. looks like a giant. Yeah. So it's also pretty comical. Look like one of those aliens that land like in the seventies, just got really long limbs. Yes. Super classic. Um, so we wrap up our day there. We're super excited. I'm super stoked about how much progress we made and we head to the jungle and immediately, <laughs> immediately I realized, cause we're going to go talk to the director of Wicombish national park now. Yeah. My stuff's not in the car, despite how many times I clarified. And I noticed we're also driving in the opposite direction. So about an hour goes by, and I'm like, hey, so is, like, the other vehicle coming, going to grab our stuff? And they're like, no. I'm like, sick. Cool story, bro. Cool story. So <laughs> And you brought nothing. Yeah, so I went from being, like, full ready gear, patrol, everything. Like, camping, survival, medical kits for everybody. To just the GCF uniform I'm wearing in the straight up job and jungle. Not a, not nothing in you. Like no, no, nothing. Your cell phone, like your wallet. And that was it. Nothing. So we have our meeting with the national park staff. Um, I drink as much water as I can. Cause I realized this is probably going to be some of the last times I get like salt water. I asked to go to the store. We yep. get some big ass extra water things. Yeah. They were like two liters. And then, the next morning early, we crossed from the buffer zone into the National Park on foot patrol. And that's after we met up with Ashley and her mom. Oh, sure, sure. Ashley and her mom uh, make a deal. Ashley's mom stays behind. Ashley but Ashley's joined. mom did not know that Ashley was coming with us for that long. Yes, that's right. We had to, we had to make like so a side deal. Pissed. She's super angry because yeah. Ashley is the GCF attorney and one of the directors. And this is like the first real like into the into the wild with us. And her mom was not stoked on it. Yeah. So her mom thought they were going to be part of like the eco tours, which they were, but she didn't think she was coming on the foot patrol with us. Yeah, I remember we came back and she was like, Bob was like consoling her. Yes, and Bob was like yes. holding her, and she was like, "Where were you?" And now she was like, "My mom's probably going to kill me." <laughs> which was pretty funny. <laughs> so, so funny. Uh, in this crossing in the into the national park, we like walk, walk through some rice paddies. Cross through a couple fence lines and then boom, really fun. we're straight up in the jungle. Yeah, like as much as you could, like when you picture a jungle, like we're, that's us. Picture us in the middle of whatever you're picturing. Yeah, it's hot, it's humid, there's birds hot, everywhere, it's, it's loud, everything's wet, slippery. Yep. <clears throat> um, Robert's got way too much gear. I have zero gear. Yeah, I, got, I brought my entire, like, I, I brought all my camera gear. My camera gear was heavy. It was. And I end up with, um, like, I, first day I picked up Java and Rhino's footprints and then we're tracking and I'm super excited and the guys are super excited because I've got these tracks we're following them they're super fresh it's super super fresh I everybody could, was really jazzed yeah and I feel like I'm like oh cool we're on we're on the right track and you can hear crashing in the jungle several times so we're like right on their tail yeah. the Java and Rhino there's like less there's, there are less than 70 of them and I'm realizing pretty soon too with our convoy tracking these Java and Rhino we're probably not going to see them in person because they're going to hear us and smell us every time. Yeah. Um, but then it becomes super comical because, again... Uh, Nobody told me, for the record. Noob sauce Robert. Nobody told me to look, what filming, to look out for. Uh, <laughs> on, he goes, bro, you got, there's so many tracks around. I was like, I know, it's really cool. And, the, and every time I find a track, 
and go to take a picture of it, Robert's foot is in the middle of it. Nobody told me, okay, I had never seen a Javan Rhino footprint before. And I remember you and Ashley and the Rangers were like, oh my God, look at this. What's that over there? Whoa. And I want to be a part of it. I yeah, don't know what yeah. I'm looking at, and but then, I want to And you're like Godzilla it. in a sandcastle. I didn't know right that in. you all were, I didn't know that the little mushy parts in the mud were the part of the footprint. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, where is it, Mike? And you're like, you're standing on it, forehead. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then like, I'm doing measurements with the the scouts and we find uh, like fresh rubbing on the trees where they had like been scratching their sides and their back and scent marking and all this stuff. And Robert, again, he's like, where is it, dude? I'm like, it's right here, bro. Like yeah. if you look right here, yeah. if you look through this, you it's where this? it walked. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, and like the Javan guys are like quietly just, they're Low, super patient with They with really Robert. want to leave me in the jungle. But they're also like, but why though? That's literally like, they're like, but why though? I remember that one time I was kind of like a little bit behind you. I think I was talking to like Ashley or something and you were up ahead and you were like, you were like, you had your hands on your knees or something like that. You were looking at something. I walk up and go, what you looking at, dude? They're like, well, I was looking at that footprint you just stepped in. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause we're getting measurements and pictures and we were going to do castings and Robert's, Robert's foot was paired up with every job in Rhino's footprint. <laughs> so bad. Uh, we found tracks for Dole. Yep. We found a uh, suspected leopard. However, yep. they've been locally extinct for a long time, I think the 70s, but we still we found footprints. Uh, there was no camera trap verification. Saw a bunch of really cool hornbills. Yep. Um, and then later on, uh, so we get to like our next, we, we make it to stop one, stop two. We're staying at these ranger bush huts that are super plain and cool, though. Really easy going. Yeah. And um, we have a small, uh, somewhat medical emergency with, with the crew because same thing with, like me, Ashley didn't have all of her gear, and it's super hot. Yeah, we also didn't know. We hiked like 12 miles that day with almost no water. in the jungle. With no yeah. water. Come to find out, homeboys who were also on the trek had like all this extra water. We didn't know that till day Food, water, everything. Three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, you want some water? We're like, dude, do you have water? I'm like, oh my gosh, guys. Like, Seriously? I would have taken it, man. Lighten like, the load. So that was a fun trek. Um, we stay at that place. We use that really cool well. Yep. You push um, me into a cactus. <laughs> yes. Um, side note, guys, there are no cactuses. And then what did I fall into? I don't know. You pushed me. I didn't even push you. You pushed I me. To, I pushed you with my eyes, maybe. <laughs> All I had to do was look at you and you like slipped and fell on your own. <laughs> He's trying to find sympathy wherever he could on this trip. I'm just saying. And I have the entire time I'm like, you're just building character, dude. You're just here to build character. Character builder. Um, so we end up not seeing Javan rhinos, but we're on their tail multiple times. We were times. so close. So and, many and times. And I'd like to point out for the record, like the Javan rhino is one of the hardest animals in the see. world to see. Literally. It's like snow leopards and there's like one other thing and then it's like Javan rhinos. Yeah. Like, and, and it's not easy. Multiple times. The explosion through the bush. Yep. We saw Javan bantang. Yeah. We saw bantang. Super endangered species. Yep. Super cool. Um, that was when we moved up to another peninsula. That was probably the best part of the trip. With the fresh fish. Yeah, well, no, the the banting part. When mm. we were like, we were literally on our hands and knees crawling through this open field, upwind, upwind. And I was like, "Don't be banting. seen by the male. He'll come over here and set us straight." Yep. And so Robert's like extra scared, I'm leopard like, crawling on the crawling ground, uber slow. And we we got pictures though. Yeah, they turned out great. We got some epic pictures on that. The bats, remember the bats? Yeah, like the big these old fox three bats. foot, technically flying foxes, cruising over at sunset. Yeah. 
Um, some very Jurassic Park vibes with these God, tropical, awesome. you know, the tropical forest is like, God, 80, 100 foot tall, 200 foot tall tree. I don't think 200, but like, no, they're, they're huge. They're high. You look way up there and there's like a big bird and it looks tiny at least at the 100 top. feet. And then, um, so we make it back and Robert and you pushed me story. Yeah. He, he tells, uh, Ashley's mom. <laughs> well, I have these giant barbs in my hand from the assault. If you could see my face right now. <laughs> barbs and the assault. Okay, my face they is... okay. They weren't technically giant. They were like, maybe, I don't know. They, they, thinking back on it. Yeah. They probably weren't as big, but at the time they looked big. And they were scary. Pretty sure Ashley's mom looked at his hand and, and said, "What's going on?" Well, she was very she was very sweet when she poured the uh, rubbing alcohol. Yeah, in well, your she hand? well she took out. She was like, you know, we don't have tweezers, tweezers, so we'll take out the the splinters with uh, toenail clippers. Which I was like, oh, dude, I don't know about that. But she was like, trust me. And I was like, well, she seems like a trustworthy person. And then while you were distracting me, as open wound, right? She puts effing hand sanitizer on my hand burns it off i got chemical burns <laughs> chemical burns <laughs> get out of here <laughs> god it was so funny though so um that next point then we we did some like local basic trash pickup but there was it became like yeah indonesia is really bad I mean, it was like indonesia vietnam and china are actually like i think some of the biggest for marine pollution plastic pollution yeah and it's also not all their pollution yeah in plastic it's the countries that are dumping at sea um again circling back to conservation you need to if you're going on a yacht cruise or even like a full cruise know what their environmental standards are because a lot of these groups just for lack of better terms they suck. They will dump hundreds of pounds at the sea. And that's plastic cups. It's plastic silver, like plastic cutlery, um, feces. I mean, it sucks, dude. Yeah. And there's these pristine corners of the world. And you're on this pristine thing. And, like, an oil can washes up on the beach. And, a, I mean, it's, it's just these are simple things you can do. Yep. Research the right choices, ethical choices, yep. um, you know circling back on that same thing if you're going to go to indonesia book locally uh support the small local businesses um because that was really sad to see like you're i mean literally pristine wilderness wild with some of the rarest animals in the world and freaking styrofoam washing up on the beach miles away from any people yeah they had no people in sight like literally for days um so yeah that was kind of lame. Yeah, that was. I mean, I, I mean, that's what it's kind of like a shock. It, it's kind of like a culture shock or, or, or like a realization that you know you really can't sleep on this kind of stuff. And it, you know, the trash that you find on the beach it could be from anywhere, like you say. You know. Yeah, and and you know too, like this comes back to like also uh, choosing companies that like uh, biodegradable cups, um, not using single-use type products wherever possible. Um, there's so many different ways to impact this. You don't even have to go out and directly pick up the trash if that's not your thing. You can make these tiny changes every single day at your house. And, you know, 100 people do it, that's a big dent. 1,000 people do it, that's a bigger dent. You know, 100 million people start doing that. You know, let's call it the entire western coast starts to make changes. Yeah, we're changing Dude, the world. That's huge. For sure. Yeah. You can't, we can't be doing that kind of stuff. So, um, 
And unfortunately, we saw that in Sumatra too. Yep. And I saw it in Bali when I was over there too. Yep. Um, yeah, you really can't. That's unfortunate, but you really can't get away from it anymore. You know, no. there, the human footprint has been left. Yep. Um, it's time for us to clean up our mess, mm-hmm. take action, and and take responsibility. Um, so these simple things: restaurants where you're dining, cruises, the places you stay at, see what they do. Yeah. A lot of places actually are 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 taking suit with uh, making a change and. Supporting those businesses makes everybody else fall in line too because they're going to lose that business. I will say credit to uh, the Mexican airport or that airport in Oaxaca. When you order that smoothie, they give you a plastic straw or not uh, a paper straw. Excuse yeah. Me. Also, yeah. I don't know if you noticed on Viva when we were flying back. Yeah. They collected and recycled. Really? Yeah. That's cool. So this is a big thing. Airline waste as well is a big thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you sit down, they give you a plastic tray, they give you plastic forks, they give you plastic cups multiple times. Choose airlines that are making a difference for that stuff. I mean, that's thousands, millions of people flying around every day. That's tons of trash. Tons. Um, and if it's going to be single-use, try to go biodegradable or, you know, some type of eco-friendly choice. Um, companies that make the right choices, invest in that. Choose those options. Well, it's like we were saying earlier before we started recording is that, like, it's, it's almost cooler now to be into conservation. Like it's, it, you were saying it's no longer a fad. It's more of just like, it's, it's like, it's here to stay. Yeah. It's in motion. Yeah. yeah. I think two people are starting to realize like, okay, there's like laziness, which is like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to take this thing. Like our grandparents, they used to get their milk, their glass milk, like jugs filled every day or once a week. Yeah. And then there was no byproduct. It was cleaned. It was recycled. It was refilled. Um, it was clean back then. Uh, this single use stuff is just. It's not only lazy, it's, it's just stupid. Like, we're poisoning our own water, we're poisoning our food sources, we're poisoning ourselves. Um, yeah. yeah, we were talking about it in Mexico. They were like, how, why, why is there an expiration date on water, like water bottles? And it's mm-hmm. not the water, it's the plastic. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's super annoying stuff. So make the, make the right choices. It's not too hard to do, actually. Yeah. Uh, I, my challenge, again, is um, find one thing a day or a week to commit to change or if that's too much find thing once once a month once a month make a change you know laundry detergent clothes coffee I started composting composting yeah there we you saw go. that we saw that documentary and I ended up buying a, mm-hmm. a composter uh, I'm I've, really excited I want to I want to start using more eggs so I can compost it it's pretty cool huh? it's really cool I've uh, been composting consistently now for five years sick and I use my compost from all of my cooking at home and then I put it on my garden and then I grow yeah. uh, all my lettuces and tomatoes and your coffee have, grounds. I've got like a, I've got my Mediterranean garden and I've got my salsa garden, my combo. Sick. Yeah. So I don't garden. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I, I guess I'll just, even if you're just air. composting and you're putting it in your backyard on top of the topsoil in the backyard. Yeah. yeah. That's Solid? even worth right there. Okay. And paper, there's a lot of paper products like this right here that yeah. we're sitting at a, the coffee coffee here in Lucadia and we've got uh, recyclable paper, uh, Cups I'm and really recycled paper yeah. uh, to go uh, food set up. They, they're, because of COVID, they're not serving on plates. Yeah. Um, so, you know, these are compostable things. There's a lot of stuff you can do. Um, little things. Yeah, tiny stuff. Even carpooling, dude. Super simple. Yeah. Public transit, carpooling. Easy steps. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, for wrapping up our Sumatra thing, um, we had I had to trek through over a week in one pair of clothes. One pair. You know what's the worst part is you still smell better than me? Yes, you smelled like a little gorilla. 
I didn't think that. Okay, so like we're paddling we're, upstream. This is another. This is another. Did not know at the moment, but and this is. I'll blame my mom on this one because this is kind of her fault. She was like, "You need an undershirt underneath your other shirt," and she was like, "What if leeches get in there?" I'm like, dang, that's a really good point. I don't want leeches on my nipples, and I was like, "Okay, I'll bring." Well, I don't know. I didn't know if there were tree leeches. I didn't know tree leeches. I don't know if that was a thing. <laughs> so she's got me all paranoid because she keeps talking about tree leeches so i'm thinking they're gonna like fall out of the sky so i was like i need as much layers of protection as i can get so i was like i'll just wear a bunch of undershirts so i went to ross and i went a bunch of undershirts and um between like the heat and the humidity and the moisture in the air it was like it was like cooking the undershirts my undershirts were like rotting and, and uh, I'm wearing Columbia. Yeah, you're wearing the good gear. stuff. Yeah, and yeah. a pair, of, single pair of boots and socks. Yeah. So which, you smell better than me. And I jumped in the ocean and the river. Yep. With that stuff on to give itself a rinse. Uh, we're I'm paddling in the front of the boat. We're going upstream. Yeah. yeah. And I can smell Robert behind me. Um, I pretty much had a silverback gorilla paddling <laughs> behind me. <laughs> and <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember my absolute weird uh, stand that I took on that one? Oh, the Life Fest. The Life Fest. Life Fest are cool, man. Life and Robert created a song. Life Fest are cool. They are cool. Uh, I would agree with that. I do recommend Life Fest, but my point was the current in the yeah. spot was going to get me stuck in the the foliage, yeah. and then I was going to drown because I was going to wear the life. Shirt. And there were crocodiles in the water. <laughs> yeah, croc infested waters. Um, I didn't want to be like a floating topwater bait for. And you crocs. feel like such a tourist. Yes. And I was like, bro, also, I'm not – the other thing in my head was I'm not a big dude. The size that they gave me was for a big dude. So I would have, like, looked like a toddler paddling and just would have been had burning arm rot from the freaking life vest. So I took a stand. I was like, no life vest. I'm like, I'm an avid uh, freediver, avid surfer, avid ocean goer. I can like swim. I'm like, I'm not going to be topwater bait for a croc and get a rash for no reason today. So, Dude. yeah. Yeah, man. And you were like, because that's when we were looking for um, rhinoceros hornbills. Yes. And so I brought my camera and I was like, I'm just going to pretend to take a photo so I don't got to paddle because we were paddling upstream and my arms were getting tired. So, so and then you, I saw the snake and you like legit almost died. It was in the tree. There's a tr- there's a tree snake. I can't remember what kind of python it is now. And that's embarrassing because I'm a big herp guy. Um, herp tile, reptile guy. Um, damn it. I want to say it was reticulated, but I can't remember if that's correct. Um, uh, it was dangerous. It wasn't dangerous. It was tiny. It was huge. It was like maybe five feet long. We could, okay. All maybe. right. We have we have different standards than huge. It's like it was a, it's just a wee lad. No. Yeah, Robert's it like, would eat me. a snake. <laughs> it's a danger rope. Nope rope. Don't it's touch it. It's a nope it. rope, dude. Nope rope. It's a danger noodle. Um, so, yeah. Um, you know, my experience, uh, the comedy was, you know, food was actually carried in by uh, our co-guides. Yeah. And so we ate really well. It was really good. But then the combination of all of that was <laughs> a full week in the jungle in the same clothes, no kit, no sleeping bag, no nothing. Nope. Um, how about when we got to that one place and we pulled some of the dragnet out of the ocean off the shore there? Yeah, where was that? We were at the one of the beaches where the turtles lay. Oh, okay. So we were in the jungle. We were in the jungle on yeah. the shoreline. But do you remember when, like, we laid down after, like, three days of walking and then the bed just gave out? Yeah, dude. We get- and we just laughed for, like, an hour straight. <laughs> we get there, right? Yeah, because it was a really – I mean, it was a – 
it's a nice ranger station if you're going to have a ranger station in the middle of the rainforest. So, and by that I mean it had walls and a roof, and, <laughs> and no lights. And no lights. No they were like, "Here's your room," and it's like super dusty, and it's like these little, it's like these twin beds for like children, and there was like children style like bed sheets on it, and we we're like, oh, "Okay," and. <laughs> You pick the right one. You pick the left one, and as soon as you sit down, the the support beams like give out, and you fall like right through the bed. <laughs> oh, that trip was just Dude. out to get me. But then there was rats, like in the. I mean, like I get it. We're in the jungle, but there were like rats in the roof and in the, in the on the in, in the ceiling or whatever. And so like I, you like you close your eyes, right? Because you know you, that's what you do when you sleep. I just and you're jungle rats. They're big. Like they're gonna be my hair, gnaw my ears. And so I had my little one breaker and I zipped it all the way up so only my mouth is sticking out. I, didn't, I don't know if I told you that part. No, no. So ridiculous. It's like they're going to lay eggs in my brain. So, and then, yeah, I mean, basically the rest of it was just like nature walking and cataloging. It was and so fun. Documenting a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah. You know what was interesting to me that I did not think was a thing, but there was that invasive palm, that palm tree. In, yes. in actual Java, and it's diminishing the Java and rhino's food supply. And it's uh, choking out, yeah, a lot of the biodiversity. Yeah. And it uses more water. It uses more water. So it's causing multiple issues. So one of the ways um, to actually benefit that area is to help the locals take out these palms, but they can't use chainsaws, so they have to do by machete. Yeah, which they, which they want to get rid of. Well, they want to get rid there. of it. Yeah, they're game to get rid of it. It was one of the projects we lined up, but it's on the table still. Um, so after like this just raw, rough couple weeks, then I've got to put like my business face suit back on and we go to the capital city again. Yeah. Ministry of the forest. <coughs> yeah. is the forest ministry. Yeah, I love it. They're like elves. And we had to go talk like hardball politics contracts. With like the big wigs. With the, yeah, the chairperson of that branch government. Yeah. We had some epic signings and like I said... Things are still on the table. They're on. They're on the wait. Basically, we uh, we had unfortunately we had a funder pass away, and yeah. um, the obvious the signings and the pledge was not left to GCF. Yeah. And it's not like we're going to fight that. That's that'd be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then um, the cost for annual operation went up, so we're just waiting to fulfill those programs and projects. Uh, but in the meantime, we've been working in uh, northern Sumatra with the yeah. Sumatran Ranger Project keeping those rangers employed, training them, getting gear supply. And so let's talk animals real quick. Sure. What species live with Sumatran rhinos? Oh, right off the top of my head, I'm going to have to say with, with the sun bear, that would live with uh, the Sumatran. Where are we talking about Sumatra or Java? Sumatra. Well, oh, then there's the Sumatran tiger. Uh, we got to have monitor lizards. Uh, Elephants. Elephantes. Yep. Gibbons. Orangutan. Orangutan. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. So yeah, so you know this umbrella species of protection. You know, you, you protect the habitat based on the biggest land and conservation concern, and you save thousands of species and help keep communities going uh, when ecotourism is involved. <clears throat> and so, like funding and keeping the families from the communities employed in conservation is one step. There's a benefit for the land use in a the future. There, they have opportunity expanding those units with our partners so that there's more of that saves more area more space keeps more people employed brings more stability adding in education and then adding in more project zones other goal too um so we've been keeping those we've been working with those guys now since 2017 and they're super cool and they're so cool um 
so flash forward a couple years. Yep. Robert's gone to Indo. Now I feel it's good to let him have his own wings, and he's yep. been cross trained yep. appropriately. Maybe Bird needs to leave the nest. Send send Robert back to North Sumatra after. Have I been to Africa yet, or is this? Yes, I, I think so. I have. Oh, no, 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 because that was. I don't think I think no. Indonesia twice and then In, Africa. Yeah, Indo twice. Yeah. So send Robert back on his own deployment. He's now he's working with the the Sumatran Ranger Project, our partners up there. Uh, we had, I had done a week of training for those guys and a bunch of gear supply. It's really, really cool. We covered uh, some land land acquisition money to help them cover more zone and buy more property in the buffer zone, and then. Uh, Robert was going to go and take out camera traps because they needed to monitor tigers, orangutan, yep. yep. uh, Sumatran rhino, elephant, community conflict, and uh, also keep these guys on top of science-based these tales. And you never know what you're going to find in these camera traps. Yeah, we were in a really interesting spot because there was elephants. Were in the, there was the migration part, uh, pattern of the elephants. It was right along the border of the community. So you were getting a lot of like human to animal interactions. There's, uh, we saw Sumatran tiger footprints. So we knew there was a tiger in the area, sun bears in the area. It was a really active like uh, part we were at. So it was really, really fun. And you kind of like went out this time to kind of cover their daily job, right? Yes. So yeah, day in the life you helped them with the camera traps. Oh, we gave them handheld GPSs and phones too, so they could smart monitor their stuff. Yeah. And, um, so you went out on a couple de-snaring patrols, right? So yeah. remove snares set by the community, which are snares are indiscriminate killers. They can catch up anything, tigers, elephants. Uh, yeah. They mostly used it for, uh, pigs, pigs. Yeah. So, forest pigs all sorts of stuff right so how did that go it went it went actually really well i, I found out that you know it's it's so weird because they were they're so all the Sumatran rangers in the area are so familiar with the locals the wildlife and things like that there would be a couple of times where we would walk through and take off snares and they know they knew exactly who would use that snare and then they'd go follow up and talk to they them. would follow up and talk to them and like then what they, are you doing yeah, this is illegal you can't be doing this yeah you can't be doing this if you keep doing this we're gonna find you like we're, there's repercussions and um, they were actually using the brake pad or the the brake cable for those mopeds. Yeah. So once the mopeds are all Chinese done, yeah, they, yeah, they, they would just, have. that's what they would use. And they would tie it off to like a really larger stick. So it would get stuck in the, in the thick vegetation. And, and like you say, it's, a, it's an indiscriminate killer. So it really, it'll kill anything that, and, and it's not like these things age out in a week. They no. can be out there for months, and sometimes it's years. It's a terrible way to go. It's out of all the Rangers I've talked to inhumane. in all of the continents, they say that, um, uh, snare traps are the worst thing for the animal. Yeah. Not cool, but also you got you got to sympathize. You know these are hungry communities yeah. without opportunity. Yeah, it's not like they're evil or anything. Yeah, like they're that. not evil. Yeah. It, they just they need food. Yeah, and so this is why it's important to try to like expand conservation opportunities in these buffer zones, because if it's an ecotourism lodge or a tour or they're a guide or rangers themselves or they're biologists or they get proper training and something else, they can then turn that protection into multifaceted local efforts mm -hmm. instead of starving mm -hmm. and needing to collect from the forest. Yeah. Um, so I think you got a nickname on that trip. Yes. I was the king of the jungle. <laughs> Walk me through like your decor. Cause I, when I saw it, I got the update. It was probably like 4am my side, yeah, which I get all the updates from Africa and Asia 4am yep. to like 8am yep. California time and then the PM. Yep. And I literally, couldn't stop laughing yeah so i guess the best way would be to back up earlier that morning right so yes so your your equipment and gear yeah so i get the i get to sumatra the island of Sum sumatra at like nine 
It's a four-hour drive to the middle of nowhere in pitch black. Um, we stop for dinner a couple of times. We get we get to where we're supposed to go at like two in the morning. It's pitch black. Cross the land bridge. Cross the land bridge. You could, which was really shady, but you didn't know it because it was like three in the morning, right? Proper Indiana Jones bridge. Yeah, proper Indiana Jones. Only like one person at a time, kind of thing. And so I'm with a, I think his name is August. Yes. Um, so he, he, I don't know who he is. He just comes out of the dark, grabs my suitcase, and is like, "All right, follow me," and um, follow him. I don't see him at all. Like he just drops it off. All right, good night. I don't see anybody. I spend the night there. I wake up in the morning and I wake up to one of your texts. And you're like, "Hey, it's World Ranger Day. I need you to take a video of you like in the field, you know, thanking all the donors, you know, for their support and, and just hey make having a really cool message and stuff like that." And so. I'm, I was like, okay, cool. Well, I don't want to do it inside because that'd be boring. So let's go outside. And I, I don't know any part of the community. So I just go like kind of, I just retrace my steps. And I'm just in this walkway. I'm doing this selfie and I don't have long, I, I want a bigger view. So I'd use a selfie stick. And I've got my rain boots because all the rangers in Java had rain boots. And the Almadine scared me and my mom scared me. So now I have leech socks because I'm afraid of leeches. So I got rain boots, leech socks. <laughs> I've got my socks tied or like tucked into my leech socks, into my boot. I got like, I'm wearing like three socks. I look like you showed up being like the Boy Scout from up. Yeah, that's exactly it. You were like the Sumatran Boy Scout that overpacked again. Yep. I'm like the typical, like worst case scenario. Be prepared for that scenario because when we were in Java, all my dude, I wore my hiking boots and I was covered in mud. And all the rangers, not again, not again, again, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. So I, I have my rain boots. I've got my selfie stick. I got my little hat because I thought I was like, oh, it's hot. I'm going to wear a hat. And I'm doing my selfie stick. And as I'm doing my selfie, the, all the rangers in the morning were like gathered up. And then they came to go meet me. And they turn the corner and they see this big old gangly armed American with a selfie stick and rain boots. And uh, Jack, the, the head ranger, I go, hey, dude, like I'm, I'm Robert. I'm part of the GCF. And he looks me. He looks me dead in the eyes, looks down, pauses, <laughs> looks up. And he goes... Huh. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, should I, should I have changed? And he was like, yeah, you need to go change the guy. And so he, he, bullied Hey guy, me. Yeah. why don't you go change guy? Why don't you go change dude? So he bullied me out of my, my rain boots. He bullied me out of my leech socks. I kept my hat cause it was warm. And so we're hiking through the jungle again. And as we're doing it, they're like making little like tree leaf, um, things like ornaments. Like they got, they made, they found a stick and they put uh, some flowers on the stick and they handed it to me, so I have like this staff Walking of flowers. Staff. Yeah, and then they um, they took like a palm tree leaf and they kind of like folded it into a, a way that it would fit perfectly around my hat. So I had this little like sun hat with uh, like palm tree leaf sticking out. And so my nickname was the King of the Forest or Jungle Man, I think. I, I, it was I think, it was King of the Forest. Yeah, King of the Forest. Yeah, <laughs> which was, it was very Borat esque. Yeah. I was like King of the Forest. Yeah, King of the Forest. Wow, so wow, good. Wow, King <laughs> of the Forest. <laughs> and so yeah, so I'm walking with the staff of flowers and this cool little palm tree hat. And I was vibing. It was really cool. But I don't know if I told you this. We took a break and I'm kind of like a weirdo, right? I don't like when people drink my stuff. Oh, I and They yes. were drinking out of my water. I drink my water. I put it down. They're like, oh, okay. And they pick up the water and start drinking it. I'm like, oh. And you're like, well, that water's gone. I was I like, can't. well, yeah, there goes my water for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing water, dude. Yeah, cool. I'm going to drink it. Great. And so, but I mean, it made, it made up for it. They gave me a cookie. So, God. but yeah, so I was king of the forest. So, I mean, how did you wrap that trip up? I think it was pretty funny how you had wrapped that trip up. Uh, 
You got all the filming. You worked with the guys. Worked you saw a lot of wildlife. Yeah. Set up those camera traps. Yep. You did a little bit of drone stuff. Yeah. Um, some cool filming and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I was landing to cut. Or sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you were tri- landing this trip. I landed yeah, in cause, reverse because I was there first, and then you were showing up after. It was like the glass wall of hello goodbye. Yeah, dude. I was in Sumatra, right? I'm getting on the airplane to go back to Jakarta, and I had like I think I had like a day and a half to kind of just in, in Jakarta. I was gonna stay at that really nice hotel. Um, and as I was like waiting for my plane, this other plane is did some like you know everybody's leaving the plane, and I see you in Almadine, and so I get I leave my stuff, I grind up, and it's a it's a glass like wall big, separating us. And yeah. So I'm like banging on the glass, and it's thick, and then Almadine sees me, and Almadine grabs you, and, and you know you you and I like have this moment <laughs> in between the glass where it was like it was like this it's beautiful so reunion. There's been so many trips, so I apologize earlier. I, I mixed up our timelines. I yeah. came in and did the training afterwards because Robert needed to help get some of that gear and we had to formalize a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. But like it all becomes a blur, which is, I think is part of the reason it's fun to do the podcast now because we can chronologically put this in some type of order outside of our yeah. formal field reports. And, and it's so fun to talk about. I forget. There's more. I, we've probably forgot more things than we can remember with these trips. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, closing thoughts. Five tips for someone traveling to Java. Okay. And Sumatra. Don't bring camping gear. <laughs> what if they go camping? <laughs> oh, then bring. If you're, go, don't bring camping gear unless you're camping. Okay. What kind of but, shirt? Like, you're would, not going to go kind of camping shirt in Jakarta. And shoes? Would you recommend for your common travel? Okay. Common travel. Common, okay. Non-jungle travel. Non-jungle. Okay. Definitely don't bring pants. If you're going to bring pants, make sure it breathes. No black pants. No black pants. Not again. Black pants again. Not. Yeah. No black pants again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So bring like bring breathable lightweight material stuff that doesn't stick to your skin yeah something that doesn't stick to your skin and they're gonna want like for like shoes something very lightweight what about bug spray oh yeah nets? absolutely make sure your clothes are treated you have because i treated all my clothes with the mosquito repellent stuff yeah and it did wonders man because the mosquitoes out there were in force what kind of water bottle would you recommend since everybody shared with you <sighs> a reusable one with a lock yeah <laughs> <laughs> or a hydration bladder yeah, that hydration someone's bladder. not going to just pick up. I don't know, ground. man. The way that I mean, we got we got close in those couple of days, I'm sure they would have just like, like <laughs> came up and a little bit of got my, little bit of water nectar off your shoulder. Yeah, it's exactly it. Um, I'm trying to think sunscreen hats. You know, I didn't use any sunscreen, and I think I think the way that the moisture there was so much moisture in the air, I don't know if it would. Also, I don't even all, know if it would even. Both like tan. Yeah, we all, so we've got all skin. So I would say if, if you're not tan, bring that. UV index there is intense. Or make it make it the spray stuff because the I don't know if it was the kind I used or what have you, but it took forever to wipe in. Yeah, yeah, I mean, your skin's always wet yeah. and gross. Um, Hat for sure. Favorite foods in Indonesia? The chicken without the legs. Okay, so I think that's uh, like, nasi goreng, which is the egg rice dish with chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was insane. What about those chips? Chips were great. Tofu, no. Make sure your tofu doesn't have flies in it. Um, and then there was that, I don't remember, the, I don't know if you stopped at it too, but in Sumatra they had like that chicken chain. Uh-huh. And it was so good. It was so hot, but so good. Yeah, the hot sauces are spicy. Yeah, the, 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 the Indonesians do not mess around with spice. Yeah. They go from zero to 100. Uh, their locally caught fish is amazing if you yeah. can do the fish markets. Yeah. yeah, definitely try the local food. You'd be, you'd be, if you went all the way in Indonesia and you didn't try what the locals eat, you would be, you would have missed 90% of the trip. Like, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Uh... What do you most. recommend for somebody who thinks they can drive in the country? Don't. <laughs> Hire a driver. Yeah. 
people or are, Uber. People or Lyft. drive like they do in Mexico, and it's aggressive. And they have different versions of Uber and Lyft there. Yeah. Uh, there's a one that's really popular in Southeast Asia and mainland Asia. Yeah. Uh, I think it's called Go Car or something like that. And it's a relative. It's a pretty safe country. Yeah, so super. You'd yeah. Be, you'd be. You'd be. You'd be perfectly fine if you just got into a taxi or an Uber or anything like that. People are very, very, very friendly. Yeah. In don't Indonesia. be. Don't be super dumb and like wear bling and all your stuff out. Sure. Yeah. Don't but, go asking for it. But, but I mean, you're going to be cozy and comfy. Yeah. If you're, and safe. if you're smart, you got a good head on your shoulder, and you have a taxi. Just let. Make sure you have your address ahead. There might be a language barrier, so make sure it's printed and just show it to them. Average price per meal. Three dollars, maybe. Yeah. Average you know? price per stay. Depends on where. It depends on how fancy you want. We were in a really nice hotel, and it was like fifty bucks a night. Yeah, when we came out and cleaned everything up and got our laundry done. Yeah, that was beautiful. You man. could do like ten to fifteen dollars, twenty dollars on average. Yeah. Um, Bottled water. Favorite again. thing about seeing Sumatra. Dude, that's a hard one. Honestly, the favorite thing. Um, this, dude. I w- the sunsets were so beautiful. Probably the best sunsets I've ever seen. They were unreal. The sunsets. Surfing in Sumatra is pretty cool. See, I never got to, but I would I would have liked it. Surfing and diving in Sumatra are pretty yeah. cool. The water is so warm. I remember we remember we were hiking in the jungle. I was like, oh, let's just go in the water and cool off. And I was hotter in the water than I was outside. Yep. Um, what should I think? What else? What's my favorite thing? Phone stuff. An- animals. Yes, yeah, SIM cards. Local SIM card, yeah. Local SIM cards. It depends on your plan to set up, but it's you're you're better off just getting a local SIM card. Everyone, I mean, everyone has it over there, so it's it's not like it's hard to find. If you were to drop in right now, how much cash would you carry on person, and what kind of cards would you have? Dude, if I was if I was like off of, like after this podcast, go right into an airplane, go right to Sumatra or Java, maybe like three million rupiah. You know, it's like three hundred US. Yeah, it's like yeah, if that yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, so cash that, out. That transfer. gets you a lot, dude. You're three gonna be million, fine for yeah. like three weeks. You'll be you'll be perfectly fine. A lot of people take cards, but very very few, especially because you're gonna be in a, like, you, most likely you're gonna be like a little bit more remote in like the metropolitan areas. They take it, but every everything's cash there. Yeah, it's cash country for sure. Um, favorite thing about Java? What was your favorite thing? Experience, stay, sighting, food. I would have to be the. It would have to be that day that we went. On the boat, we did the boat patrol. That was so much fun. Paddling upstream, seeing the Java rhinos come in and out. We didn't actually see them, but like, again, it's so thick and so dense, you can hear them crashing in and out of the water. It would take like, it took us like 30 minutes to hike, like maybe like 300 meters. Remember remember when we got out of the boat and (laughs) we're like hiking and like, because you really, the only way you could really walk through the jungle is like by on, uh, by walking on fallen trees. Yeah. Because the mud was so thick. Especially in that little estuary zone. Yeah, yeah. It was super uh, thick. Seeing the hornbills was rad. Those giant trees were rad. The life vest song was rad. Um, that whole day was probably my best, probably the best time. All right, so if we don't get our special guest on the next show, yeah. what are we talking about next? Gosh, um, I, mean, I mean, I would love to, I mean, I could always, I could talk all day about Africa. Um, I mean, how about yeah so default is is meeting some of the world's most iconic african <laughs> yeah. conservationists and yeah. also traveling with the as we call them, make them and break them instructors crew uh chris and marty chris is the gcf field Dude, medic I would instructor love to have chris and marty on and marty is the krav maga self-defense instructor yeah. the problem is though i think and correct me if i'm wrong but if chris and marty like go on together you and i will not get a word in Oh, there's no way. Th- we wouldn't stay on task. We would not. No, there would, would be no, be like, yeah, you'd be like, <laughs> we would end up talking about, like, Chris's yeah. goats. Yeah. And his sheep. Yep. And then 
Marty, who knows? Marty would go on a tangent. Chris would argue with Marty. And then Marty would counteract Chris. And then they'd be in like this weird loophole. Like this, like, yeah, this like, almost like old couple style fight. Even though, you know, both straight men. Yeah. But travel together so frequently. They they, they find like an old married couple. They're like best friends. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's so funny. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess... Uh, to be decided wait for the next episode yeah and I think no matter which way we go with it I mean I'd love to get Grant Folds on here too man Grant would be sick Marlena would be cool yep you know there's a lot of really we've got cool a lot people. of good potential for many episodes but yeah. stay tuned for the next one yeah yeah I mean what you have any closing thoughts there yeah travel yeah. travel and do conservation stuff yeah make a difference every single day yeah start with something small yeah coffee's a good choice to make a start yeah 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 I love it alright so the next time right. we'll see you guys on the show thanks again for tuning in don't forget to hit like and subscribe follow us on Instagram we're now on all your major uh, podcast like hosts providers yeah. so you can find us on Spotify Google Apple iTunes anywhere you like to listen to your podcasts or background motorcycles so many mics yeah. um, wherever you'd like to listen to our episodes don't forget to hit like subscribe share uh, we're getting this off the ground. We're three years, four years behind on trying to get going. <laughs> yeah, but we're doing but it. We're doing it. And so we're consistent, so we're going to make watch it happen. Out. And uh, thank you all for your supporters of GCF. And if you want to learn more about Global Conservation Force, check us out at Global Conservation Force on Instagram and Facebook or our website for more details on our projects, programs, and details. Bye. Toodles. Toodles.